When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Something I talked on on podcast. It's the Southern Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Suck United Talk Time on Podcast. It's one of the ongoing series of the XU's Views. And today I'm joined, I'm very delighted to be joined with Steve Rogers. Hello, Steve. How are you? Hello, Mike. Yes, a pleasure to be here, sir. Looking, looking forward to uh, talking to you. Lovely. Wonderful. You might not after a little while, but we'll, we'll see how we go. You're on the call now. <laughs> that will probably be the other way around. <laughs> not at all. Um, so just for... I mean, I think you're, you're just a little bit ahead of my time. So just, just give everyone a little sort of um, a brief history of your, your Sutton time. What, 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 okay. I signed for Sutton uh, probably about 1979. I was like a, a big money signing, three and a half thousand pounds from uh, Dulwich Hamlet. And uh, <laughs> I've been at Dulwich for sort of 10 seasons. I, I came to Sutton. I've got to be honest, uh, Mike, we always used to beat Sutton. When I, even the year we got relegated with Dulwich, we beat Sutton. So they had fond memories of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because obviously football moves on and changes. And Dulwich at the time were, were us and Dulwich were big, big non-big yeah. clubs. And obviously now Dulwich, everyone's like, oh, yeah, they're little club, big, big following. But at the time, yeah. big, big amateur club. Yeah, we... we... I mean, I say I thoroughly enjoyed my time at Sutton United, obviously, but I, I was at Dulwich for ten seasons and playing at the old the old ground in that massive stadium that held forty thousand people. We used to have some 
mind you, we were lucky to get 40, but we had some fantastic, uh, some fantastic times there. But as you, as I said before, we know in that time, at that time, everybody pretty much knew everybody else in that league, especially local sides. And when I, it came for me to sort of move from from Dulwich, having, as I say, having lived live for 30 odd years just off again the Green Lane, it, it was a no-brainer for me to go to Sutton. Um, my best friend was Bobby Green, who had just signed from Tooting and Mitcham. He was captain of Tooting and Mitcham. I'm related through family to John and Tony Rains. Um, when I played against Sutton that particular year, before I left, I mean, I've, I did get the win. Sutton were actually coming together as a side. They had, lot, you know, they had so many promising youngsters that uh, joined. Like Mickey Stevens was only 18, Tony Rains was only 18. Uh, plus, you had the experienced players like Larry Pritchard, uh, David Collier, and a few boys like that. So, when Barry Williams, who was the then manager, you know, said to me, "Do you want to come down?" It was really uh, I couldn't wait to get there. Um, it was it was just so exciting. I remember my first game. I couldn't play the first few games because in those days you used to have the Tashi Cup and all these other cups and you were mm -hmm. cup-tied. Yeah. So all I did was used to go along and meet a few of the supporters because obviously they knew me from my Dulwich days and they'd say things like, oh, I'm, not, I'm really glad you've joined the club and things like that. Because, you know, without blowing my own trumpet, I had a bit of a reputation of being able to score a goal. Yeah. But I made my debut, I think it was against Staines. And I don't know what I ever did to the reporter from the local paper, but I've told this story. The result... At the end of the, we won 3-1, it's my first game. And, and the last paragraph said, a new signing, Steve Rogers, made his debut, but had nothing to do at all with the result. <laughs> 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 so I don't know what I did to ever, ever upset him, but it was, uh, that, that caused a bit of a laugh in the dressing room, I must admit. <laughs> so so you, you, you mentioned um, the Reigns brothers, but you, you had another connection with John as well, didn't you? We did, yes. We, um, as a boy, I played, you know, as a kid growing up to the age of 18, I played at Chelsea. Uh, and John was at Chelsea as well, but played just behind me. He was obviously a little bit younger than me. So John was just behind me. But And then I think he went to Bromley first. I came out from Chelsea and went to Wimbledon before I eventually went to Dulwich. But then obviously our paths would cross all the way through. Obviously, yeah. we've got our two games a year that we played against Sutton. Um, and yeah, but we, the family sort of, uh, well, we called each other cuz, you know. Funny enough, I was playing golf with Tony the other day, and you we just meet each other. Hello, cuz, how you doing? Yeah, but to play with him in the side, it was great. It's only we should have adopted Bobby Green because that was the back four then, <laughs> and we would have uh, <laughs> we could have had a family back four. <laughs> <laughs> so at the time you mentioned it was Barry, Barry Williams that um that signed you. Was he into his poetry then as well, or <laughs> was he what? Sorry, was he into his poetry then, or was that just oh, a, a thing that came later? <laughs> Barry was he, he used to give his Churchillian speeches and <laughs> things like that before the game. But I mean, I, I, the funny one of the funny stories I tell people about Barry was he loved for us to try and play. And Bobby Green obviously was a bit of a renowned left back, had a great left foot. Um, I used to play centre half alongside Tony, I was more than Tony, uh, sorry, alongside John. John was one who always got the busted nose and the cut eye with the big ugly centre forwards we had in those days. And Tony was right back. And before the game one day, Barry said to Dave Collier, Tony, I want you to get the ball from the back, play from right back. Greeny, you get it left back, play. Roger, you pick it up, Steve, from the middle and play. And John was sitting there and he thought, well, I don't want to be left out. He said, Barry, what do you mean to do? He said, just bleed and edit. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't me now for his like... Ball skills, John. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, <Give> <laughs> I remember Barry saying to him once, um, 
he was he was was it oh it was interceptably slow or something like oh defectively slow <laughs> but he wasn't i mean he was he was tremendous john unbelievable oh, beautiful so when you sort of came into dressing room as, as, a, as a big money signing um <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel uh, any pressure as uh, being not really? I mean, time? to be fair though, Mike, it was a bit strange because as I said I had a bit of reputation of being able to strike a ball. Mm. And when I went to Sutton, for some reason, I was playing defender, like I was always a defender, but I'd, I'd take free kicks and stuff. I just went for a spell where I couldn't strike a ball. And and I remember <laughs> Larry one night at training, Larry and me, Larry, Larry lining loads of balls up on a six yard spot, and me just smashing them into the net. Uh, to try and get it back. I, I don't know why. One well, of those really strange quirks when people move clubs, I just couldn't. I was, you know, during the game was up, but come to shooting, I was all over the place. But gladly, yeah. I, I'm pleased to say that actually changed. And uh, the Sutton supporters finally saw what I could do with, you know, with a ball 30 yards out. And uh, But it was just the same. It was just a great time. That side was just coming together. And mm -hmm. we went on a run. Over the five seasons I was there, I think we played in every, se every single major non-league final. Yeah. You know, we won the Surrey Senior Cup pretty much every year, the Itachi okay. Cup, all these other cups, plus the um, we got to the final of the Anglo-Italian again. And of course, we played yeah. at Wembley in 81, which was yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, that was, I mean, obviously we, we were at Wembley last year, which is... For oh, Wembley. Yeah, Wembley. Yeah. yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, to see the boys out there again, and Mickey Stevens obviously being on the side of the pitch, because Mickey was inside when we yeah. played. But, uh, I mean, obviously, one of our other players, like Mickey Joyce, is now on the board there. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that poor old Mickey got injured a few years. Well, you obviously know the story. He got injured about a couple of weeks before the final. Mm -hmm. And that season, he was just unplayable. He was amazing. I mean, some stories about Mick were just incredible. I mean, I played the night when we beat Leverett 11-1. Uh, yeah. Mickey got nine goals. You've obviously heard, heard the story from Mickey himself <laughs> about 18 times. But I mean, I can't see anybody ever emulating that to get nine goals in no. a proper game. Yeah, it's... yeah, it was just incredible. And then they booed every when John got the other two. They booed. <laughs> 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 it was just amazing. Um, oh dear. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that, that final. But um, what was I going to? So in, in your times, what what kind of sticks out as your go-to memory? You're allowed to tell one one story from your time at Sutton United. Um, what, what, what's your go-to? My go-to, I mean, as, as you know, obviously I was only there five seasons, but I mean, it was so, we were so successful. Such a, the thing was, Mike, we were all really great mates. Mm -hmm. And every side that I've played, well, I only played in Dallas, really. And, but at Dallas towards the end, when Smithy came, Alan Smith first came in, he brought loads of young kids from Wimbledon with him. But we all became really good mates and we came straight back up from Div 1 into the Premier and came runners-up the first season. Yeah. But Sutton... Um, if I had to pick one, it would probably be, we played in a final, which was an absolute terrible final. I mean, I, it was just really bad game. And um, But the following season, we drew Bishop Stortford in the first yeah. round of the FA Cup. And we were, we, we they say, obviously we're a little bit apprehensive. And we I think we drew away. And in the home game, we were one down with about 10 minutes to go. And I was playing midfield then. And I pushed forward, got my normal position from, you know, sort of 30 yards out and then just sort of walking slowly. And we all knew each other. And their goalkeeper, Terry Moore, we had a corner and Terry Moore punched the corner out to me and I ran onto it and just smashed it. I followed it from about 30 yards right into the top corner. Right, yeah. And I just remember it was like slow motion. 
it's hard to explain to people when you score a goal like that. And I remember turning round towards the stands and just everyone up, because we had a big crowd that night, and Barry Applin in particular, like, come on, sudden legs. That was Barry's shout. But, yeah, it was like, like total euphoria. And then Rangeley scored the winner about two minutes from time. And then we went on to play Swindon in mm-hmm. the second round. So yeah. I suppose that moment really sticks out because it just, yeah. it just meant so much to the club. Yeah. No, I mean, that was good. The, the, the finals obviously mentioned a few times because it's, um, well, I was looking up things. I, I, obviously, at the moment this season, we're having a bit of a, a difficulty with conceding late goals. When yeah. I went to the final and I looked, oh, this isn't a new yeah. thing then. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> is this well, before? it was, yeah. I mean, <laughs> To be fair to Bishop Stalford on the day, they, they were a tough offside. I, I mean, they went from the first qualifying round to winning the trophy. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't see anybody emulating that again no. with, the, you know, with the sides around there. But they, they were a really strong side. I mean, they got promoted that year from the uh, Div 1 into the, you know, into the Premier League. They weren't even a sort of an Ishmael Premier side. They were in yeah. the Div 1, whatever it was. And, but they had some unbelievable players. They were really a strong side. And with having Johnny Radford up front, not that he actually did anything on the day in the final, but yeah, it was just, it was a slap, it was a bit of a sloppy goal, really. We could have cleared it and we didn't. And he just, Terry uh, Sullivan scored. And I remember going to pick the ball out of the net and saying to Dave Collier, oh, we'll, we'll get this back, don't worry. And he said, and some photographer was next to me, we better hurry up, mate. You've only got a couple of minutes. Went, oh, thanks very much. <laughs> so it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a disappointment. I mean, I would have rather have lost 5 4. Yeah. And it'd been a fantastic game and just have that memory. But, you know, the fact we played there on the old Wembley was unreal. But uh, it was a bit, you know, I'm, I'm still convinced to this day that if Joycey had been fit, we'd have won. Yeah, of course. I don't think, I don't think they'd have handled Joycey. No, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's you've mentioned it before. Um, and so again, some people might not necessarily realise because obviously time's moved on. But yeah. back Back then, with the amateur clubs and non-league teams, it was a lot of people were good, great players, but yeah. they had a career, and therefore they wouldn't become professional footballers because they would have had to give up their career. So that's why yeah. there's so yeah. many top, top players that yeah. people would remember as great players. Now yeah. the focus is more on playing um, than, than yeah. anything else. I mean, well, I played with Paul Rogers. I played golf with Paul Rogers the other week. Yeah, and first time I've really ever actually ever sat down and played with Paul, uh, spoken to Paul, like mm-hmm. uh, although we've known each other for years. Um, I, 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 when I managed, I did go into management for a little while, and I was I managed Hampton, and I had uh-huh. Paul Rogers, I had Roger, I had Paul Rogers on loan. Yeah, and I don't think Barry Williams really fancied him at first, and Larry yeah. Pritchard really fancied him. So I said to Barry, "I've got Paul Rogers on loan. Can I keep him?" Because I had him mixed with what a lad called Ricky Walks, who went yeah. on to sign pro in Cyprus. And they were they were devastating the pair of them, and but Larry really liked Paul, so he took him back. Of course, the rest is history. Paul went on to play at, at Sheffield and yeah. stuff like that. And but it was it, yeah. There were so many good players, really yeah. good players. Wigan, Wigan, he was out. Uh, Pardon? Wigan, he was out as well. I did chat with the guy. Yeah, from Wigan no, he, he was different. I, I remember him very fondly. Uh, I mean, I remember oh, again just from memory. So I mean, remember playing Southall once for Dulwich Hamlet. And this little skinny kid in the middle of the park took us apart on his own. We, we <laughs> were favourites. And I, I said afterwards, oh, God, he's unbelievable, that boy. And it's, to this day, he's the best player I've ever seen in, non, in okay. non-league football. And it was Alan Devonshire. <laughs> one, minute, I'm, one minute I'm trying to mark in, I'm disappearing up my own exhaust pipe. And the next minute he's turning 
first division full, you know, defenders inside out playing for yeah. West Ham first team. Yeah, but there was a yeah. few boys that, like you say, man, there's a few boys that could have gone on. I and mean, when we had a few uh, mm -hmm. from Sutton, didn't we? Like Effen and Stuart Massey went to Palace and yeah. Paul McKinnon went to Malmo and boys like that in my time. So went to Malmo and came back and went and came back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boomerang McCormick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was like one no, of the greatest no, loan no. deals ever. <laughs> you did play, you played against some really quality boys. It, yeah. it was no surprise to me that a few of them went on and, uh, like Davy Kent, I played with Davy at uh, Maidenhead. Mm -hmm. He went on to Palace for a while, and boy, well, ended up ending in a pro game for years as coach and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. all good. It's all it good. Is, yeah. So who? So we've already covered your best mate. <laughs> yeah. Because that was that was an easy one. It was, it was covered from from one. Yeah. Field. Oh no, he's the best mate. For, he weren't on the football field. Dave. He was a poser on the field, Greeny. <laughs> <laughs> I used but to no. make him look good. <laughs> <laughs> no, who, was, good. who was the best player you played with? Oh, mate, blimey. There, there's some real legends. You know, naming one of them is very difficult because they're so different. There's so many different aspects of the game. And obviously, Larry's got, Larry Pritchard's got like legendary status. I played with mm -hmm. a fellow called Trevor Bladen, who the Sutton boys will know, or the, Sutton, the older Sutton supporters will know because he played for Sutton as well. I mean, I, I owe a lot to my, my, you know, when I first started playing to, uh, bless him, a lad called Roddy Brooks, who played for Sutton as well, who has passed away now. Peter Smith. Um, at that. But, yeah, uh, John, I mean, playing with, alongside, let's say, because we all mate, I mean, John and Tony were, and Bobby at the back, and Dave Collier behind us, we were quite a formidable back four, really, mm -hmm. to be fair. I mean, they, all those boys, but... I suppose really there was a young there was a young boy one of the best I saw or played with was a young kid at uh, Dulwich who joined a lad called Martin Lewis left back. Uh, I mean he was just incredible. He could you know, uh, when he was in the hour off he was a left back when he went forward he was a left winger, and he but he could play the part you know he just he had everything. Yeah. I mean our, our boys like that never turned pro. I don't know. No. Well, again, it's it's possibly they had a career that the football at the time wasn't wasn't the great money it is now obviously no it was good money but it wasn't like it is now where yeah. you, you and you need a, you need a bit of luck that's the thing <laughs> yeah. you don't and you need some you know right sort of blind my own trumpet i mean when i was at chelsea they took me away uh to the south of france to play in a tournament where we played against brazil argentina and ac milan right and we only lost to brazil one nil and and I was, my, <laughs> my mate left back that time mark jarzino <laughs> but they beat us one nil but I was told that when you come back from that tournament, that's when they make their decision. And I played a few reserve games. Six, five people at the panel said, you know, me and their left backs were signed pro. But Dave Sexton said no. For some reason, I don't know why, he didn't take to us. So you need that little bit of luck yeah. as well. You yeah, know, exactly. I mean, it was... And of course, once you get bombed out, you feel... But again, I was working at BT as well. The point you made about I was doing a job and I was playing for Chelsea as well. Uh, so I, I just carried on and went into non-league football. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I could have signed, I could have signed, I found out later from my mum and dad, I could have signed for Coventry, but they never told me because they didn't want me to go away from home. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, mum. <laughs> That's lovely, that is. So, you know, and, I, and I know I was um, in Charlton. I could have signed for Charlton at, yeah. when I was 21. But I was married then and I had a mortgage and exactly the point you're making it wasn't enough money for me to sort of pay me mortgage and, you know, yeah. football. but I never ever earned a lot of money from football anyway. No, it's, I mean, it's a most, gamble. 
Uh, well, I mean, I left Ballage up for 10 years. I was on £25 a week. <laughs> Stupid. I never played for the money. No. Crazy <laughs> money. Yeah, I don't think you would have ever been at Sutton if you had him. But... Well, that's right. I mean, at the time, I, I mean, even in those days, I mean, I know Bruce. Bruce was like obviously running the the, um, the shop when I turned up, and to see what they've done. I mean, I'm really proud of them what they've done and what they've achieved. And I've I've met Matt. Uh, we had some golf days. Um, mm. I mean, it's a really funny story there. I mean, I don't know whether you want to hear that sort of thing, but Matt Matt Gray Matt Gray turned up to one of our <laughs> to one of our Sutton v Dulwich golf days. And it was so funny. He stood up. I don't think he was supposed to speak, but Stevie Copple and Alan Smith were there. But Matt got up. Bruce Bruce was there. And he said, would you like to say a few words, Matt? So Matt got up and telling us about Saturn. And obviously, getting to the Papa John's final. And everyone was clapping. and was really pleased. And Matt, obviously, talking all football. He said, has anyone got any questions? And I was on the table with Phil Dawson, who obviously is an ex-Sutton player. So Dawson put his hand up. And Matt said, yes, Dawson. He went, what, what's the longest river in Africa? <laughs> Just sort of went, oh, it just everyone just collapsed. But Matt, I, I like Matt, I haven't met him very much. But yeah. you know, I went up to him, I said, oh, Matt, you won't. He said, Hello, Steve, nice. To see you. Oh, blimey, that's yeah. nice. You know me, yeah, no, he's, but, he's, uh, he's he looks like he's a nice fella. But no, they've had a blinding first season. I mean, yeah. I don't know whether they overachieved or not for the first year, but you I know, think probably, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> no, but hopefully, though, I was so tough for him. I mean, that, that, it must take you a bit of time to find your feet at that level, yeah. As long as I sustain, you know, just stay there, like middle of the table and stuff like that, and slowly start going from there. I yeah, mean, I don't know what the uh, what the future holds and what their intentions are, but you know, you yeah, see it's somebody. A bit, it's a bit of a, probably... a joke between us that um, we've got a tenner in the bank and fifty points, and but it's basically we know we need to be there this season to break even, right. and then future seasons we start um, potentially. Uh, earning yeah. what we should be earning because we obviously had to pay for the pitch and all the rest of it yeah yeah, um, yeah. so yeah they, they, there's a lot of sense where people are going look at you what if we can just stay where we are we'll be fine just, um yeah until you're ready to push on exactly I, mean, I, watched, I, don't, know you, I don't know if you watched it, if you watched that Wrexham program yeah yeah i mean yeah. That, that sums it up you've got two mega mega money men in charge of them but when you hear what you know the finances you think christ how do other clubs survive i mean exactly. they're talking about starting games at two o'clock in the afternoon because they can't afford the electricity for the lights yeah. and it's terrible so, some of the clubs are really going to struggle but that's something you said mate something have always been like that they've it, always they, saying cut their cloth to fit the whip whatever they've never ever exactly. gone that's, overboard that's one of the one of the things um that i, I really like is the fact that yeah in 10, 15 years, we'll be, we'll be playing at a similar level. We're not going to be one of these clubs that go for it and then just then drop from the league. Yeah. yeah, no, you're um, right, mate. They'll, but, they'll, they'll stay that way. And uh, as I said, the club's always been running like that. And so Bruce, in particular, he knows. I mean, he's been there so long. Yeah. I mean, he knows exactly what the club's like and how it's run. And, but they are they are absolutely fantastic looking after the old players and stuff. You know, when they, when they contacted me about the Papa John's, I was a bit, I was sort of surprised. Well, not really, because that's the way they treat us. And the boys that look after the FPA, they're so they're so on the ball now. They invite us back for games. They're always like on our case about coming back and seeing people and having a few photos on the pitch. And a lot of other people ain't got a clue who we are. I mean, they might look at our photos in the, you know, yeah. the team Wembley, look at it on the wall and think, God, look at them, you know, all look like a bandits, all have moustaches and <laughs> you know, mullets and stuff like that. <laughs> Not that Greeny could ever grow a mullet. He's, you know, he's useless. 
bit like yourself, man. It looks like you're wearing a swimming hat all the time. Hey, this is this is a choice. <laughs> this is a choice. <laughs> I, I whip it off while I still have the choice. <laughs> well, I can pretend I've got a choice. Go to the address yeah. and just say, leave yeah, one, one side, one the other. Yeah. That'll do. I was, del yeah. I was delighted when Matt went in charge. I was like, yes, I'm copying Matt. Good lads. On the... Oh, sorry, I was doing a bit sidetracked there. So right. on the supporters, you mentioned the supporters. Is there any supporters that kind of stood out for you over the years? Obviously, you mentioned Barry with his come on. Oh, Sutton Barry with his come on, Sutton lads. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was always, I mean, obviously, when I first went there, all the mums and dads used to go. I mean, there was like Johnny Raines' mum and Tony's mum and dad. There was like Mickey Stevens' mum and dad. Um, and it was just that sort of atmosphere. You know, I remember when my, um, when my boy was born, uh, we had to, it was on, it was the second round of the trophy. I can't remember what it's against now, but uh, Mark Golly came in and took my place for the day. But I remember when he was born, coming back into the clubhouse, opening the doors and everybody looked round and shouting out, it's a boy, and everyone cheering. <laughs> and it was, it, that was the atmosphere we had. You know, I, mean, I know it's, it's changed. I don't, well, I don't, I don't know if it's changed that much, but whether the players still mix with the supporters and, oh, you yeah. know, which is great. I mean, that, that's what makes the club what it is. But we would always stay... You know, at least go in and we'd meet, mix with all the supporters. And a lot of them are still there. I mean, I've, the few games I've been to, I've seen, like, you know, Jane and Chris Taylor. I don't know whether they're still, you know, I've known them for donkey's years. Obviously, yeah. Bruce and a few of the other boys have been there from our time. Yeah, there's, there's, there's quite and, a few. I always feel like a newbie sometimes because I've, I've been supporting them for about 34, 35 years. But I'm sorry, newbie. Yeah, people I surround myself with are all sort of, 60, yeah. 70 years, and I always feel like I'm a new yeah. guy. And it's like, so, but Mark Frake was there. I mean, Mark's still there. Mark Frake was there. Yeah. He, he, he rings a bell. But a lot yeah. of the older supporters, uh, uh, to be fair, I, I, I know them facially, but I can't remember a lot of names. Yeah. It's me age, but I'm 70 now. Yeah. So I know it's hard to believe. I mean, all the hair. <laughs> Stop going on about the hair, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, uh, I, mean, I, I love it. I mean, I've, Joyce used to organise like, some charity games. And we'd yeah. come down and we'd play on the, you know, the old, we used to play on the old plastic pitch just for charity. And once yeah. you all get back together and that dressing room door would shut and people that didn't know us would probably think we hate each other. <laughs> Whereas no entirely straight away. Yeah, it's entirely the opposite. The banter would start straight away. Yeah. But that's what the good dressing rooms I ever played in were like. Yeah. You know, I mean, that being said, some of the team talks we had were just amazing. Johnny Rains would be in the loo and Barry would be saying, but it was embedded in us. It was not, you know, one, two, three in a wall. We just knew it off heart. Yeah, uh, we and once you're out on the pitch, then that's it. We're all like together, you know. Do, we'll, we'll do that extra bit for each other. Well, that I think leads that's what me nicely. So successful. Leads me nicely onto the next question I had written down. Are there any stories from the training grounds, dressing rooms, or nights out that the passing of time now allows you to share? <laughs> you do not need to name names if you don't wish. <laughs> you're welcome to name names. There was. Uh... Oh, there's, there's been a few of that, mate. Really, oh, dog shush. There was a few of them with, um, with like, I mean, people assumed because it was Saturday night that we had like fantastic training facilities, but we just trained on the back of the back of the wreck, and there was yeah, a few lights in the trees, but there was dogs muck everywhere and stuff like that. But I mean, there was occasions where there was one occasion where a really uh, top-notch coach came down to take us one night. Well, I don't know, he's a Saturday player. It was Dario Grady. Dario come down to take us training one night and we were a silly load. I mean, we were like a load of kids, really. And he was trying to do this session on the pitch 
and to be fair, I mean, we weren't stupid, but it was so complicated that we were just this we think what the and he called us in. He, he thought we were messing about, but we didn't really get it. <laughs> but he called us in and we're in a circle and no names, no pack drill. He was giving us a bit of a berating and someone bent over and broke wind. <laughs> and we collapsed like a load of kids and he stormed off. <laughs> just, he walked off and left us like we were a load of school kids. So we just couldn't stop laughing. But I mean, that was that was one that screams to mind. I wrote as many, but the ones like where, uh, you know, Barry you know, have a session on or, or Chris or whatever that. But yeah, the training was was pretty, I, think, I suppose when I first went, without being nasty to anybody, it was pretty basic because of the facilities we had. Yeah. You know, we couldn't even see what we're kicking off the time. It was amazing how we actually, you know, managed to do some of the things we did. Can't go on the pitch because then we'll spoil it for Saturday. So out on the yeah. wreck. But we just got used to it. I mean, that name dropping, I was at Chelsea, we used to train on the car park, but in the front of the old ground, on the concrete. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what it's like in those days. We didn't have the facilities we've got now. Exactly. But uh, no, that was one inch. That, yeah. one, that does readily spring to mind, but it was, <laughs> it was just so funny. But it was there was like banter and stuff like that all the time. <laughs> so the, the next one I got is with the team you had. Do you feel that in your time we underachieved, overachieved, or did as as you would have expected us to do when you kind of joined? No, I, I think we we underachieved at times. I mean, I must admit, there was one time at Chris, um, when we were about ten or twelve points ahead at Christmas, and I think we lost in the end to Late Stone and Ilford by three points. I mean. That's the one thing I suppose. That's one regret I've got. I've never played in a in a, a championship winning side for Sutton, mm-hmm. even though everyone knew how good we were. We didn't actually. It, perhaps it was me. They they won it after I left. Right, <laughs> <laughs> he's gone now. Come on. <laughs> once I got to Hampton and Richmond as player coach, they started winning the league and that. <laughs> but uh, that was a that was a funny story as well. I was a, I was, Pritch was manager at um, Walton and Hersham for a while, and he asked me to go and help. Uh, to help out play centre half because he had loads of young kids, and it was the day Sutton beat Coventry, and we're and a lot of the ex Sutton boys were walking. We're all sitting in the big bath as you were allowed to in those days, and there's a couple of Sutton boys were going out that night. The boy, they were playing for Walton, but they were going out that night with the Sutton lads, mm-hmm. and all going. Oh, the result came through, and they were going. Oh no, what happened? And they're going. <laughs> you know, we're at the bar, and I said. How'd you get on today? Oh, we lost to Tring 2-1. Oh, how'd you get on? Oh, we beat Coventry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah. um, oh, sorry, mate. It's not even hard. I'm, babe, I'm dog-sitting for my daughter at the moment. The blooming thing's going mad. I don't know don't why. Worry. Don't worry. I've got... I've got... I've looking around the corner as well. Um, um, so, so, your time at Sutton, so you mentioned it was about five years. What, yeah. what, what sort of... Was it made you decide to move on was it well from Dulwich from from Sutton from from Sutton oh from Sutton yeah well it's a bit of I don't think I had much choice mate to be honest (laughs) if I'm being blatantly rude I I mean I don't know what I did to upset anybody but I mean it was it was really strange I mean I I I was loving my time there I wouldn't have gone but Mm -hmm. I got um I mean I understand you know you reach a certain age and stuff but I wasn't that old and there was good young kids coming through and I understand that but I don't know, I just remember going in one day and Barry saying, well, we're not sure what's going on. And I thought, oh. And I come out and I spoke to Greeny and a few of the boys. I said, I'm not too sure what's happening. Um, and, they, well, they, they signed this other lad in my position. Didn't want to let me go. So I ended up going to Hendon on loan. And at Hendon, I, I, 
the guy there moved me into the middle, middle of the middle of the park, central midfield, and I scored six goals in eight games. And the guy that had bought to take my place or brought in wasn't doing the business, and suddenly I got called back to something, and I think I scored fourteen or fifteen goals that year from the middle of the field. Yeah, and I won the supporters' player of the year. Excellent. And I can remember it now. It was so strange because. I've won the player of the year, and when they announced it, I saw I saw Larry Pritchard going over to Barry Williams, and I thought, well, what has he moved over there for? Of course, I present I got given the award, and everyone's oh, well done, Steve, you know, because obviously I'd had a bit of a tough time being bombed out, and then I came back and showed what I could do, so I thought, oh, that's all right, we'll carry on, <laughs> and of course, got to the end of the season again, where they said, well, you know, for next year, and it was the same thing. We're not sure what we're doing. I went, oh, I can't put up with this. And then a guy called Roger Charlin came around my house one night and he said, look, I want you to come and be player coach at uh, Hampton. I've got a lot of young kids. They did an experienced head at the back. I think I was only 30, 31. Yeah. So I went to Hampton and played there for a season as um, player coach. But that's a very difficult position, really. Although we did all right, it's a difficult position. You know, trying to explain to someone, you know, some young kid who's just come into it, you know, what you're doing wrong. And I'd had, a, I'd had an absolute stinker. So he's digging me out as well. <laughs> yeah. And then that year, after that year, Roger left and I became manager of Hampton. Yeah. And we went on, I mean, I bought, again, I bought Bobby Green in with me and we had three unbelievable seasons for Hampton. The club was so pleased just to have been, you know, survived in the, the old uh, Ishman Div 1. Mm -hmm. But we got to the final of the London Senior Cup two years running. We played Kingston one year, uh, Fisher the next. And, and things like that. And we had, you know, came fifth in the table. And our budget was ridiculous. And when I, I mean, to give an example, I said to the boys one day, I need a centre-half. And one of the boys, Mark Wilson, said to me, I've got a friend. And this, this lad turned up called Jimmy Wigmore. So at £10 a week I was giving Jim. He went on to play for England at semi-pro and captained England at semi-pro. My three front rayers, oh, you might have heard the name, Dwight Marshall, he went to Luton. Mm -hmm. and became like a big star at Luton. The other centre forward went to play pro in Cyprus. Some of the, honestly, uh, Mike, some of the players we had for it, our entire wage bill was 250 quid a week. Wow. It was amazing. And the boys were brilliant. It was brilliant. And in the first little hiccup we had, I mean, I don't know if you know Chrissy Fagg. He's an ardent Sutton supporter. Yeah. The old goalkeeper, Chrissy. Yeah. Chrissy played in goal for me. Um, and we actually, we drew Sutton in the semi-final with the Itachi Cup. And we beat them at our place. 2-1. And then we played them at that gander green lane and Ricky walks missed the penalty in the first half. He put it in the, one of the fellas' garden in gander green lane. And little Georgie Thornton, who I was playing, Paul Thornton I was playing golf with the other day, he came on a sub and he scored and, and then we drew again and then we spun up to see where the third game was going to be like he did in those days and we unfortunately we went back and we lost in the semi-final. Yeah. But the boys I had, I mean, they were being poached all the time because they was so, like you're saying, so many good young lads. I mean, the left back, the lad called Malcolm Dickinson, who's unfortunately passed away now, he played for Middlesex Wanderers from like Hampton, yeah, which was unheard of. I mean, it was all Southern League players in those days and top Ishmian League players. And Malcolm was playing in like Div 2 Ishmian for us, but he was like unbelievable player. But it was, yeah, I mean, it was yeah. uh, it was strange. It was good playing against Saturn again. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing was, my first game for Dulwich against Sutton, we lost 5-1 at the Green Lane. <laughs> and they said to me, so a couple of the players come up to me 
in a not very nice manner. I've had words with them since. They said, oh, you should have stayed at a good club, shouldn't you? <laughs> and after that, we beat them every single time. Yeah. And it was between us and them. We went to um, Italy in the Anglo-Italian Cup final. And we had to score five goals against Montover, I think it was. And my mum had stayed as a, Sutton, a Dulwich supporter. And she told me that, that someone was in touch with Sutton's ground on the phone at the time. And I scored the fifth goal from a penalty. Yeah. So we beat Mantova 5-0, which took us back to Italy and stopped Dulwich from getting there. So that was great. Yeah. Next time I saw that fellow, I said to him, you should have come to a good side like mine. <laughs> <laughs> but they were good times. His Tango Italian was, well, that was a great experience. Yeah, was, I, I never had that before. Yeah, it was, an odd, well, it was an odd little competition. I mean, obviously, it doesn't happen now. No. Um, but yeah, it was for, for a few years, it was quite a big thing with a couple um, well, teams. Loads of violence. That was the thing that remembers yeah. most of all was like when in, when I was at Dulwich and Enfield were in it and boys and clubs like there was boys being sent off left, right and centre. And once yeah. I played against them, I understood why. I mean, it was just <laughs> unreal. But we, we were, we were, the boys were great. I mean, even though we lost that final, we, we lost on penalties. I mean, it was, I mean, I was the Sutton penalty taker um, and we went to penalties and I don't know what happened, but they opened the gates at half time at the final. And I reckon a few extra thousand people just came in because yeah. it was such a good game on the radio. So by the time it got to the end, there must have been about 10, 12,000 people in there. And it was like you see on the telly. When we went forward from the centre circle to take the penalties, they were whistling like crazy and it was trying to make it difficult. And yeah, I suppose being a bit more experienced, I mean, I, I don't understand how boys, some of the players take penalties nowadays. I put it on the spot and I just spanked it as hard as I could. And if it hit them and they saved it, all well and good. After the time, they dived the wrong way. But some of the younger lads, Mickey Stevens, it got to Mickey a little bit and he missed. And I think somebody else missed. But it didn't affect the team. Afterwards, in the dressing room, our song at the time was Brown Girl in the Ring. Right. But only him. Yeah. And all the Italians had won, as quiet as you like. And there's all us lot in our dressing room singing Brown Girl in the Ring. And I couldn't get their head around it. <laughs> you know, it was just a sort of, you know, it was brilliant. Lovely. But, uh, that was the atmosphere we had between ourselves. Yeah. So. How do Sutton compare to other clubs? Well, I think you've already said some of this. Um, other clubs that you play for, positives and negatives? Uh, the positives were they, you actually had a, a really good quality of player. I mean, the boys they brought in were lads that were like pretty established. You know, when, when I was there, I can think of like boys, some of the boys that come in. There was a lad called Peter Sharrett came in up front, who was a prolific goal scorer from... Um, I think there was, yeah, somewhere like that. But I mean, they were the sort of boys they could bring in. When you go, when I sort of went down to, and started playing for sides like Hampton, you're bringing in like reserve players from other clubs to come in who've yeah. obviously got the potential, but not right from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was at Dulwich, I mean, we were really lucky. I mean, Alan came in as Alan Smith joined us. We got relegated and Alan Smith came in and joined us. And he only kept uh, myself and Roddy Brooks from the lads that got relegated. I mean, I was only 24 at the time and I was captain, but the lads that he brought in, I mean, you, your, your listeners will know some of them, like the likes of Georgie Borg, uh, Ozzy Bayram was an unbelievable forward. I mean, he was frightened any defence. As I say, Martin Lewis, the left back, uh, we had right back, Alan Hart, he brought, he started bringing in pros for, who hadn't quite made it, at yeah. Millwall and Charlton and boys like that. So they, they, he could bring in real quality players, which was, which was great. But and that's the biggest thing, I think, the, the, the pluses and the downs. It's, it's hard to work um, 
having managed at lower levels, it's difficult to go and get boys. And, you know, you find yourself out on a Sunday morning looking around, you know, Sunday morning games. And if you see someone that can control the ball and pass the ball five yards, you think, well, he's got a chance. <laughs> you know, I watch some of the games nowadays. And I, I'm just bemused, Mike, honestly. I watch on the telly. I watch, I can't watch it after time now. I don't get this. I don't know. I mean, hopefully Sutton don't do that. But this dribbling out from the back. The goalkeeper giving it to a centre, a big ugly centre half who, you know, it takes ten minutes for the message to get to his foot. What to do? <laughs> I, I don't understand that, what what that achieves. I, I'd love someone to explain to me what that actually. Perhaps I'll have to have a word with <laughs> with a manager and say, "Look, explain that to me, will you?" <laughs> no, we get it forward as quickly as possible. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, <laughs> effective, I, quick. <laughs> yeah, as long as you know, I, I was, I say, I could strike a ball, and at Dully's, I'd get a ball in a six-yard box. And I would hit a right foot pass over the top of the right back, and Ozzy would already be on his bike. Yeah. And we scored so many goals because we just <laughs> get the back four turning with pacey forwards. Yeah. Absolutely. It wasn't it was a hump up the field, it was a long pass. Yeah. But I, I don't it? understand why these sides are losing the ball in their own third with you know, through their own like neglect, if you like. Yeah, it was Glenn Glenn Hoddle said uh I think it was around the time Wimbledon getting getting labelled long ball, and Glenn Hoddle I think was still playing, and he was like, "There's no um, short ball, or long ball. There's the right ball or the wrong ball." Exactly. He <laughs> plays his strengths. I mean Barry. Yeah, he, I, I mean Barry was a real straight. You know, played to his strengths. I mean, all the managers and coaches that I knew at that time was, you know, you, you got, you know, you're a defender, you defend. If you know, other than that, you can go on and do a little bit more. That's great. Yeah. But I, it, I, I just genuinely don't see why a centre half needs the ball in his own six yard box. Yeah, I'm not really also, knowing what to do with it unless you, unless you've got the technical ability to do it, which not many of us have. Not many. <laughs> <don't know. laughs> <laughs> it's been one or two in for the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when Rio Ferdinand was able to do it, everyone suddenly insisted on everyone playing the ball out of defence, and it's like, well, it's Guardiola's fault. He, he can do it. Fault. I mean, <laughs> what he's brought. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I, I don't watch a lot of football now because it drives me crazy, but I do watch them because they are yeah. something special. Yeah. They they knock it about for fun and they, every player's confident and they just not don't stop moving. It looks easy to do, but it's really difficult. Really In our day, Enfield did it. And when you're just chasing the ball forever, I mean, yeah. I used to look for two games every year on the old fixtures list was... Uh, Harrow Borough, because they, they had a boy called Clavier Ford that could do the 100 metres in like nine seconds, <laughs> and Stevie King at, at uh, Enfield. But they were like just impossible to mark, but they just always kept them. Enfield in particular, although Enfield, Dagnum and Hendon and Wickham were like the top sides, Enfield just played the ball around you. And my mm -hmm. mate was manager, uh, was coach there for a while, and I used to say to him, what do you do coaching one? They just played five a side. Yeah, he said, "That's all yeah. we do. We play five a side, and that's what they did on the pitch. They knock yeah. it over, and it's so tiring chasing yeah. the ball all the time. Exactly, it really is. It's like you think, oh God, give me a brilliant. When you've got boys that can play, but then that really was part of the, uh, the joy of playing for Sutton in those days because we had boys that could really play, mm. and you know we might not have been, you know, not get it in your own, you know, off your own goalkeeper in your six yard box." But we weren't adverse to knocking a ball across the box out to somebody and then him getting it and knocking it back because we could play. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we played, you know, when, when, we were on, when, when we were on song, there was very few sides that could, you know, could live with us. I mean, I know the Bangor semi-final, when we went down there and we, um, we drew two all. And then the game at home, we were just on fire. I think we won 5-1. And they, they couldn't live with us. It was just like Joyce was on fire and all the others. And it was, it was brilliant. I mean, it was a strange feeling, like to get 
to play all your life as an 18 year old looking you know want to play at Wembley when you finally get there it's such a weird feeling it is it's like whoa hang on <laughs> that's why I'd rather have lost 5-4 than lose 1-0 yeah yeah well I was going to just say obviously we've covered this as well actually do you still keep up with the team and did you ever think little old Sutton would would be an EFL club no um, no, no, I, no I don't know what the no I, I well, I, I don't know. It's just strange. I mean, I, I don't know. I kept thinking to myself, well, how can I do that? Because, you know, how, how can Gander Green Lane? I mean, it's a nightmare getting down Gander Green Lane at the best of times in a car, let alone imagine coach loads of supporters yeah. turning up. But, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me because that's the sort of club they are. They they just think, well, no, we're going to do that. And they do it. And, I mean, as long as they, like you said before, if they can hold their own this year and perhaps next year and then once all this financial fiasco gets sorted out and people know what their lives are like i mean if they were to push on i mean obviously if they were to go up anymore i suppose they would either probably have to go on ground share with wimbledon or something i don't know what they would do because i don't i can't imagine there's, no, there's a lot on. of work there's a lot of work planned um because i keep i keep looking at my little spot going yeah this is going to be gone soon um yeah. because when you look at the ground if you actually have a look around you can see actually there's loads of space all over the place yeah. that we're not using because obviously the, the the barriers are way way back from the pitch but if we were to move more forward suddenly you've got all this space that um we didn't have before obviously you'd have to build more stands and all the rest of it but um there's, there's plans in place and apparently the rules for league one and league two aren't that different so right um so obviously if it was ever, ever to happen. Say, if it was the championship but, <laughs> but who knows i mean obviously exactly. when you get when you get the wimbledon thing yeah. I mean, everyone says, oh, no one's going to do that again. But there's a size that have done it and gone up quite quickly. I mean, I know Forest Luton. Green went up again. I did when I find it hard this year. Luton but Lincoln have done it. I, know Lincoln, I think Lincoln on the other side went up and did that yeah. and things like yeah. that. So someone's going to do it. But yeah, exactly. Why not? And why I, not? I don't see why they couldn't. I mean, it's attracting the players in the first place. Or I mean, I know when, I mean, that's the thing. When we started the youth team, I, I was amazed. John, John used to run... Um, a thing on a Sunday morning, you probably know, at the back of the ground mm-hmm. with all the kids. And and I used to go down there with John and I used to help run it with him and give the presentations out into the dressing room. And then one day I came in, I said to John, we've got some really good kids out there and we're going to lose them. And he said to me, we'll start a youth team. I said, well, he said, well, we've got the under 18s. And, I, and he said, start a youth team. So I said, really? And he went, yeah. I went, okay. Well, my boy was 13 at the time. I said, I'll start a team for Lee's age group. And at the time, I was working at Wilson's Grammar School, and I knew loads of boys at that age from Cheam High with Lee and stuff. So we started in under-13s. And they put us straight into the Tandridge A-League because we were Sutton United. Yeah. And I didn't realise that all the other managers just picked the biggest kids they could find. And physically, we couldn't compete. Yeah. But technically, which is what I worked on, we were way above them. So by yeah. the time we were 15, we was absolutely smashing these sides. Yeah. But we were the first youth team that Sutton had, apart from the under-18s. Oh, wow. And now I look and I see they got three at under-six, three at under-seven. Yeah. And I feel really honoured with that, that we started that, really. Yeah, there's, there's loads. It's brilliant. Yeah. They, they've the, got the, so much in place, haven't they, that, that for the future? It's my... I, I When we switched to the plastic pitch, I wasn't overly keen. I wasn't against it, but I was like, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. And then within a couple of seasons of all those kids' teams training on it, all the girls' teams training on it, all the matches yeah. like you've played in, I was like, well, actually, all those kids now, they've got a little connection to Sutton United yeah. and they've played on Sutton United's pitch. 
So whether they go on to play for us or whether they just have this, I'm a Sutton United player and yeah. there are supporters in 30 years' time. Well, um, <laughs> I mean, let's like say he's got all the things in place. I mean, that's typical Sutton, really. I mean, get all, I mean I'm mean, i kingpin in my family now because my little granddaughter, I'm babysitting in, or dog sitting in Banstead. They're off in Cyprus. But before she went, she said to me, do you know anything about Sutton United? And I went, what, what do you mean? She said, that's the big thing at school now, is Sutton United. All the mums and dads have joined the Sutton United. They've got season tickets. Wow. She said, and my mate went in the um, the lounge downstairs, the VIP lounge. And I'm like, well, dear, but what do you want to do then? And she said, well, I'd like to go. I said, well, I've got a few contacts there, and I'm sure I can have a word. <laughs> and we can, like, and when she comes back from Cyprus, she's going to get in, and I'm going to bring her down. I said, yeah. I said you to all your mates, there's my picture on the wall there. And... And you just sent me that, that um, text message. So I said, <laughs> yes, I said, sorry, just read that, will you? And you're going to podcast for such... She calls me Gags. She said, Gags, what's that? I said, yeah, well, this is the sort of person that your granddad is. I mean, <laughs> Beautiful yeah, moment. All her friends, all her friends are something United fans. You have to get a top on and go to the school. Oh, uh, well, it's funny because... Phil Dawson put out a um, uh, thing about tops. I can still fit into my Wembley shirt. We've got my number two and the Wembley dates. So I put it on just to show them because some of the others are all fat and ugly now and horrible. But <laughs> 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 but even now, I'm going to say we have our golf days together and it's so lovely to see them all. Right. I'm Brilliant. You, now, I'm going to ask you in a little uh, for a photo to use for the thing. So if you want to put that shirt on, have... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can do that. Yeah, so I haven't got it here. I've got it at home. But if you give me a couple of hours, I'll be there and back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this is a question someone someone suggested, and I think it's a brilliant question. Um, what, what skills and attributes or qualities would you bring to the current Sutton United team? So, if we're going to sign prime Steve Rogers. Right. What are you bringing to Sutton United today? What would I bring to them? Uh, Apart from passing strike, the ball from defence. I can strike a ball both feet. <laughs> um, um, I mean, I, was it? I played 368 games for Dulwich and I scored 73 goals mm-hmm. as a defender. And they're not, they weren't all penalties and stuff. So I'd like to think I was quite composed. I was deceptively slow. <laughs> no, Paige wasn't my strong point, but I mean, I could control. My granddad used to take me out when I was a kid, when I was about four years of age, and make me kick both feet. And he wouldn't yeah. play with me unless I kicked both feet, which I I could do that and control the ball and pass the ball with both feet, no problem. And I, I mean, I suppose if people were to say to me, you used to ask somebody else about me, they would probably say that, yeah, he could strike a ball. Mm-hmm. You know, I did score some goals from distance. But I would bring, yeah, I'd bring a bit of composure at the back, a bit of experience. Um, I say, if they've got quick forwards, give them to somebody else. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would look silly. But, uh, yeah, and that, that's what I would say. I mean, certainly not my heading ability. I headed it once in 1979 against Wickham. That was, that was it. That was the one <laughs> header. <laughs> was, it, was that John's ball? <laughs> oh, that was... I mean, I tried to explain to people about that, but in... When we played, every side had a big, ugly centre forward. And poor old cuz, I'd drop it as the goalie took the kick. I'd start to drop off behind him. Go on, John. And all of a sudden, he'd whack. Oh, his nose would be round, or he'd got cut coming down his eye. 
well done, Cuz. Well, oh, I'd be absolutely perfectly clean, but you know, I'd, be, I'd be tidying up behind him and look, everyone would clap because I'd collect the ball behind him and lay a ball off to somebody. Meanwhile, poor old John's holding his eye. <laughs> oh, bless you. You're kidding on a credit. Love it. Oh, no, I did. I miss him. He was, he was, a, he was a great lad. Yeah. Great lad. And but, apart. Uh, Apart from the uh, the hero, the now hero worship from from your granddaughter, um, what what is life after or slash outside of football? What, what what's what's to be what's to be fair to you, mate? Honestly, I I um what happened in twenty sixteen? My dad was um, terminal with cancer, and I was working for my son at the time, and he said to me, "Just go and look after granddad." And obviously, the inevitable happened. And I've got mates who are still working at seventy my age. Oh, I wouldn't be able to pack up. Oh, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I, I don't understand that. There's plenty to do. I mean, we've moved. We've recently moved for two and a half years ago from Sutton. We moved out to 15, 15 miles from Portsmouth, mm-hmm. and I just absolutely love it. There's no traffic. We joined the gym. I've joined the golf club. Um, I, I mean, I'm just loving life, really. To be honest with you, I, I've got. I mean, I love it when I come up here because I get to meet the likes of Bobby Green again and all my old mates around here. That's where I was this morning. I was at breakfast with them in, in a little cafe in um, Cheam Village and we just you know, put the world to rights. <laughs> but no, but, you know, I'm going golf on Wednesday with them and Friday. And, but that's, that's it. I love to go. Me and my wife, I mean, we, we, we only need to go somewhere for a cup of coffee. We love yeah. walking. Right opposite where we live, we've got like a massive called the uh, Hogmore Enclosure. Which is like a load of woodland. I think it's about, I don't know, uh, 80 hectares, I think, of enclosure. And just walking through there, you walk through there to the local place, we have a nice coffee, and then walk back. It's it's simple, simple life, really, mate. I don't, I don't it, we, we don't need a lot to sort of uh, keep me happy. I, mean, I don't, I don't miss, I mean, I, uh, hand on heart, which I say, my poor old granddad would be turning his grave. I don't really miss football at all. I understand a lot of it now, like I said to you before. I, I can't see what they're trying to achieve. Uh, no, with, with the things the way they play, I mean, I don't think the basics of the game actually change. Mm. You know, the, the basics are always going to be there. The, you've got to defend, you defend. And, but I've been and watched a few uh, coaching, because my son's still involved in it, and I've been and watched a few coaching sessions. And they, they do a lot of stuff that we used to do with Barry and, and Larry Pritch and things like that, but they just give it different terminology. Yeah, they put loads of buzzwords on. You know, they ain't putting up any trees at the moment, or it's got to be a deceptive inside-out pass. And we said, "What's that?" And when he knocks the ball between two defenders, well, it's just a knocking the ball between two defenders. <laughs> Why are you saying deceptive inside-out pass? <laughs> it's, it's totally it bamboozles me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but, um, not the only I, one. <laughs> I, 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 I do know I wouldn't like them up Erling Haaland for a start. I think yeah. Cousin, because yeah. of their problems with him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, the way that big six foot defender bounced off him the other day. Yeah, well, well you mentioned oh, he... earlier that um, when you first came to Sutton, you weren't scoring. And I did think, yeah, we we, we have that effect on people. Um, <laughs> and we uh, we were talking because he's not going to the World Cup. And there was a bit of a joke around people going, oh, who should he go on loan to for the, for the World Cup? And it was like, yeah, don't bother sending him to us. <laughs> <laughs> We'd ruin that bloke. Oh <laughs> no! Five well, what's the problem? I, I don't say I don't. I honestly no, have no, I don't. No, I don't watch a lot of football, so I don't know. No, we get over the years. It's not it's, it's, over the years. We get strikers come in who've got good reputation, scoring loads of goals, and then they they just don't. Yeah. I see. Craig, 
I saw an Oaks Island Craig still playing at 41. <laughs> no, I I'll, play, I'll play against Craig. <laughs> love, love him. He, he, um, he came on the other night in the, in the Papa John's and he, uh, yeah. he, he played centre-back for half an hour and everyone was like, oh my God, he was brilliant. And he was like, yeah, well, actually, what did we expect? <laughs> yeah, he's got a kid's got a brain, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. after the years of experience he's got, he can, he can sort it out. But... Uh, no, I mean, I'd love to. Uh, I mean, I will come down and watch a few more games and stuff. I love listening yeah, to comments in the stands. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I did yeah. come down and watch the Arsenal game when they played Arsenal. Yeah. Some yeah. of the supporters make me, because my, my mate's boy was playing for Arsenal. And it does make me laugh, some of the supporters. They're bringing on like a five million pound or five million a year <laughs> Sanchez, Arsenal. And they like, oh, come on, get closer to him. <laughs> Keep <Yeah>. up with <laughs> Yeah, oh, it was. Oh, they're great no supporters. I remember at Dulwich once. I was uh, I wasn't even playing, and I went. I, I don't know if you remember the old Dulwich ground. I don't know. It's huge, and I was standing right at the back of the old stands up the top, and there was a bloke, two blokes in front of me, two old boys, like Stadler and Wardle from the Muppet Show, <laughs> lambasting me on the pitch. Come on, Rogers, what are you doing? And I was standing behind them. I thought, if that's what you know about the game, the guy that took my place was six foot seven. She just tapped him and I'm watching the game. Excuse me, I'm here. No, I just I went home and told the fellow. I went in the dressing room after. I thought it was hilarious. Beautiful. Yeah. I said, you had a stinking game, mate, Rogers. But no, it's great. Lovely. Right, mate. Thank you very, very much. Oh, you're more than welcome. I will put it all together and I'll message you and let you know when it's out awesome. there thank you very much all right mike you're more than welcome see you in person at the ground one day yeah please do yeah and um, do. i do need a picture oh <laughs> do you need a picture or not any any old picture yeah yeah it, a picture well, of you, do you want one of me shirt or do you want one of me wearing we, it we, honestly whatever you want just no i've got to wear it anyway so the yeah. boys can see that i can actually fit in it <laughs> exactly there you, go. <laughs> there you go all right then mate i'll get that right. sorted and i'll send it to you excellent thanks Lovely. a lot thanks, take mike. care Bye-bye. Once again, thank you very much for your time, Steve. And thank you guys for listening. If you have enjoyed this chat with an XU, um, please remember you can subscribe to Patreon where you can um, get early access to all the XU's views interviews. Um, or if you do want to support us in another way, you can um, find more information on the website, which is www.somethingpodcast.com. And then there's a support us tab on the menu. Um, should have been doing this all year really because the renewals are coming up so any help is wonderful but thank you for listening thank you for sharing and all the likes on social media take care we'll see you soon bye bye sports social podcast network Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.